Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Today, this is the day. What day? Today is the day. Hallelujah. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Get ready for the word this morning. We thank the choir this morning. Sister Marty did a good job. Everybody else, amen. Uh, get ready to be blessed. Let's get on one accord with one thing in mind. That's Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, we thank him. Hallelujah. Everybody know, I don't have to introduce our pastor, amen. Wonderful teacher, preacher, amen. Just beautiful, humble. I mean, I can be going all day, amen, so I ain't going to keep you long. I'm just going to ask Pastor Jerry C. Wright, amen, take his place, amen. Man, can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right. I just ask that the prayer warriors just uh, say a quick prayer for me. I'm trying to push through a headache. Amen. All right. Um, all right. It says that, reading from First uh, John chapter 1, verse 5, all the way to... 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. It reads as follows. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have, no, we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. This is the word of the Lord, and before we think carefully about it, let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word on today, Lord, and we want to hear from you, Lord. 
Lord, we want to hear a word from you, Lord. Not, not a message from Pastor, not a message from Jerry Seawright, but a message from you, Lord, that, that will convict, that will convince, that will strengthen, that will encourage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May be seated. Man. All right. All right. Have you ever uh, played peekaboo with a baby? Now, experts uh, say that uh, babies are at a certain stage, and then I research. This. They say pickaboo is a game that helps develop what they call objective or object permanence, which is part of early learning. Object permanence is an understanding that objects, objects and events continue to exist even when they cannot directly be seen, heard, or touched. Most infants develop this concept between the ages of six months and a year old. And if you didn't understand that, basically what it was saying is that when you do this to a baby and you say, ah-boo, ah-boo, when you're here, they really think you're gone. And then all of a sudden you say, ah-boo, pick-a-boo. And all of a sudden, they see you, and they just go crazy, because all of a sudden, you've, you appeared out of nowhere, right? There's an old adage, and I'm going somewhere with this. There's an old adage that they attribute to Abraham Lincoln, and it says this. You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool all of the people all of the time. I want to tweak that a bit for today's message and say this. You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool God. You can't fool God. Hebrews, fourth chapter, verse 13 says this, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Title of this message is Pickaboo. He sees you. Right. So in brief review, I stated last week that first John was written by the Apostle John, who also wrote the Gospel of John. I said that first John was a polemic, P-O-L-E-M-I-C book, meaning that it was written with a certain argument in mind, because it had to argue something that was going on. It had to argue against something that was going on at that time. 
Testament, right? Most Testament, New Testament books have this stance. They have a reason or a theme as to why they have been written, right? For example, the Gospel of John, I told you all last week, you can see why he wrote the Gospel of John in, first, in, in John, the 20th verse, 20th chapter, verse 31, it says, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That's why he wrote John the gospel. But he wrote 1 John for a different reason. He wrote 1 John and it's stated in the fifth chapter in the 13th verse. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. See, the purpose of 1 John is so that those who do believe, they, it's for believers, so that they can have assurance in their belief. The Gospel of John was written for those who don't believe and, and, and need to know who Jesus is. So if you want to introduce someone to Jesus, guide them to the Gospel of John. But if you want assurance in your, in, in your soul, that in your spirit, that you are Jesus, that you, that you belong to God, then read 1 John. Because it gives you the assurance that you're his. Amen. So, so the gospel of John, the gospel of John has signs for unbelievers. But John 1, the first John, it has tests for believers. So it has tests for believers. He wants us to have a no soul faith. A no soul faith. Some of us may doubt at times, and, and, and he wants us to have a no soul faith. It was for your assurance he wrote this. Some of us get so down and out, and we, you know, and you say, Lord, am I saved? Or what well, we'll read first John and, 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 and go through these tests that he prescribed for us and see if you pass the test. As I told you last week, I told you to open that book, open that Bible, go to that book and read it and stand in the mirror of God. I didn't tell you to go around and read it. And as you read and you say to your brothers and sisters, nope, 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 no, no, read it for yourself right so this week I hope you did your homework and you read first John and you marked all the times that you read the word no k-n-o-w you should have marked it at least 40 times because John wants you to know that you know that you know that you're saved he wants you to have a no soul faith amen but in order to fully understand this book, you got to understand what John was up against, what he was arguing against. So, so John was confronting 
a seed form of Gnosticism, Gnostics. It was in seed form at this time. And, and, and just to break it down to you simply, Gnosticism was a hodgepodge of, of Persian and Greek and Eastern and Jewish philosophies and beliefs. In other words, it was a religious gumbo. They just threw a little bit of everything in there. Amen. And, and last week I stated that John made a defense against their twisted view of Christ. John insisted that you must have a correct view of Christ in order to be a Christian. Because Christianity is Christ. So you got to make sure that you understand who Christ is. Amen. So, so the first test is, do you believe in the historical Jesus Christ? Uh, not a Christ that you make up, but do you believe in the historical Jesus Christ? Jesus pointing to uh, his, his, his humanity. That's, that's Jesus pointing to his humanity, but Christ points to his divinity. And he is fully man and fully God. Amen. And the Gnostics believe that Jesus wasn't really Christ. See, what they believe is that at some point, as I told you last week, that, that Jesus, when he was being baptized, all of a sudden through the Holy Spirit, when that Holy Spirit came down, that's when Christ entered Jesus. And, and right before he was placed on that cross, that's when, Je that's when Christ left Jesus. That's what they were teaching. You got to have the right view about Jesus. Amen. Amen. You got to have the right view uh, about Jesus. And, and John argued that in the first four verses. He said, how are you going to tell me what I have seen from the beginning? What I heard with my ears and I, and, and, and I looked at and handled how are you going to tell me? I've seen him. I heard him. We handled him. The word of life, we've seen him. And how are you going to tell me that that ain't Jesus Christ? And as I stated last week, John was about 80 or 90 years old when he was writing this thing. And I told you at a certain age, we just lose our filter. Right. And we just say it like it is. So John is a book that's telling you like it is. So John was writing like, what foolishness? What foolishness are y'all talking about here? And so in, in first John from from uh, the first chapter, verses five, all the way to the second chapter, verse two, he presents the second test. He presents the second test. You always singing, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, right? Okay, let's talk about this fellowship. Let's talk about this fellowship. That's what he was saying. He, he said, let's talk about this, what a fellowship, right? First, John said, let us talk about who y'all say you have fellowship with. Right. 
Let's, let's talk about that first, right? And he says, let, let's, let's define who you're talking about in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So let's get it straight. He's light. And you said that you have fellowship with light. If you were to search the Gospels, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you, you, you would not see God is light verbatim. But in summation, in summation, you would, if you could, if you would collect all of the words that Jesus said, and you tried to tightly, like tightly put it in a, in a in a in a tightly woven statement, what it would begin with is this: God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And, and John wrote some profound statements, three in particular, that he wrote that you cannot ignore. See, in the Gospel of John, fourth chapter, and then the 24th verse, he says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Then he goes to 1 John, fourth chapter, verse 8, to say the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Then today he comes to us in this first chapter, verse 5, to say this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. God is spirit. God is love. God is light. These statements speak to God's godness. It speaks to God's godness here, his essence. See, these things are not something that, that he adds to himself. No, no, no. He is love. He is spirit, and he is light. That's who he is. Amen? And light speaks to his being holy, pure, and, and, and righteous. And his holiness is his glory. It says, come let us worship in the beauty of holiness. See, his holiness is his, his beauty. See, see uh, 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 Cronach said this. He says this. Scripture does not say, bless his wise name. No, no. It says, bless his holy name. Right? And when it talks about his justice, it says that he has holy justice. And when it talks about his wisdom, it says that he has holy wisdom. So we serve a holy God with holy promises. Amen? Because holiness is his beauty. And, 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 and light speaks to his holiness, his, his purity, his, his righteousness. And light means that God is going out. He's outgoing and he's self-communicating. 
You hear that? He, he's self-communicating. And this emphasizes that, 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 that <laughs> and I hope you understand this, this emphasizes that you don't need to concentrate on the rays of the light. What it wants you to do is concentrate on the source of the light. He is the source of the light, right? He is the source of the light. And, and he wants you to come and worship in the beauty of holiness. So now that we have this straight, right? Now that we have this straight, what you should understand is that what Bruce said, Bruce said this, the fountain of truth and morals and ethics is in the knowledge and the character of God to whom we are answerable. What that says is this, uh, if you want to talk about morals and ethics, the, the foundation of it is God. The foundation of it is God. What, what ethics do you have that's worth anything if it's not founded in God? What morals do you have if it's not founded in him? He, he, he is the, the, the footing of morals and, and, and what's right and what's wrong. This is the God we serve. Amen. And, and now that you have a good understanding of who you say you have fellowship with, Huh. Let's go to verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, man, you lying. And do not practice the truth. You hear what John is saying? See, if, 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 if I could put it in my own words, I... I I would say this, well, you could have fooled me. You could have fooled me. John said, I'm too old for this stuff. I'm too old for this. This is foolishness. I'm too old for this stuff. You're trying to tell me, and I've been around. I've been around for a while. And you're trying to tell me that, you know, that there's no first laws and principles of, of, of logic that you messing with here? Because see, see, the first principle, one of the first principles of logic is the law of contradiction. And the law of contradiction says this, it is impossible for something both to be and not to be at the same time and in the same respect. So John was saying this, I've been around for a while. I'm like 80s in my 90s right now. And you're trying to tell me that you is and you ain't at the same time? You're trying to tell me that you is and you ain't at the same time? At the same time, you, you are and you are not? What foolishness. You're trying to tell me that you are, you know, that you, 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 you fellowship with light, but you walk in darkness? What, what, what foolishness? What foolishness are you talking about here? You, 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 you don't, uh-uh, no, no, no. He said you lie. 
and you do not practice the truth. You do not practice the truth. He, he says that you're trying to, you're, try, you're trying to get in the way with my relationship here with, with, with the true Jesus, <laughs> right? You're trying, to, you're trying to sell me a, a fairy tale here, right? You're trying, to, you're trying to pull one over on me. You're trying to, you're trying to sell me a castle in the air when I'm focused on a mansion in heaven. See, you, you, you're trying to mess with me here. No, 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 no. That's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. He goes on to say in, in, in verse 7, here's the test. Here's the test for you brothers who go around talking about, you know, you, you, you're walking in light, but yet you are all in darkness, right? You're existing all in darkness. Here's the test for you, right? By the way, when he says that you're, you're, you're yet walk in darkness, walk is a, a, a lifestyle. Walk is not talking about just some, you know, casual, you know. No, no, this is your lifestyle. This is you doing you. When you do you, right, all of a sudden, you do you in a way where, where, where it ain't about God and, God and people can't even see God in it. You're walking in darkness. But yet you say that you, you, you wait, wait a minute, you, you say that you got fellowship with, with God who is light? And yet you walk in, in darkness. He said, here's the test. Here's the test. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wait, John should have said, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then we walk with the Father. He should have said that. But he didn't. Notice that he says, we have fellowship with one another. You hear that? He didn't say, it seemed logically he should have said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we should have fellowship with him. But he didn't. He said, we have fellowship with one another. Bruce said this, indeed it is in fellowship with one another on the horizontal dimension that our fellowship with God on the vertical dimension is demonstrated. In other words, what he was saying this, how you can see what's going on between you and God and how you are all right with God, how, how every man can see that, is, be, is, is how you doing with each other. Right? Right? I remember when my kids were young and they come my way and they used to give me some stuff that, 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 that wasn't truthful. Right? I, I would look at them and i say, that's what your mouth say. That's what your mouth say, right? That's what your mouth say. 
So your mouth can say anything. Your mouth can say, oh, I've been, woo, all, I've been on my knees all day praying for everybody. I mean, I mean, ooh. I've been, I've been reading my Bible every day. I don't, I, I haven't, I haven't eaten or anything. I've just been feasting on the word. That's what your mouth can say. But at some point, your life is going to have to say it as well, right? And, and, and what better way, what better way to show your relationship with God than treating me like you're supposed to, right? Treating each other like you're supposed to, right? Having love for one another. See, fellowship, fellowship is not, is, is not some casual thing. Fellowship Quantania, that means that we, we're together. We got something in common. And that something in common is Jesus Christ. And it just brings us together. And, and we got it on coming. We got good footing here because we believe in the right historical Jesus Christ. And that's who we're standing on. We're standing on his promises and we believe in Jesus. It's, it's more than a, just a casual acquaintance. See, I can be friends with anybody, but I can't have fellowship with anybody, just anybody. Do you hear that? I can be friends with anyone. I got friends that I go golfing with and everything else. And everything, they, they, you know, they're doing everything, and they're they, they walking yet in darkness. But I call them a friend. But I can't have fellowship with them. I can't have fellowship with them because what's needed for me to have fellowship is, is Jesus Christ. And that's what we got to have in common. And, and, and Jesus made it plain to us in John 13 because he says, I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How else will the world know that the church is different? How else will the church know that, that, that we are different unless we have this love among us, this, 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 this fellowship among us, amen? Fellowship is more than an acquaintance. It's a bond, right? It's, it's sharing life. It, it, it's a partnership. It's a partnership in this gospel message that we have. Amen. And, and, and as I stated, if we are to have fellowship with one another, we got to have Christ in common. But consider this. What if you just don't like having fellowship? What, 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 
What if you don't like having fellowship? It, it ought to make you wonder that when the call for fellowship goes out and you don't want to come, that it is a test. Ain't that a test? I mean, it, it ought to make you wonder if you don't like fellowship with other believers. It ought to make you wonder. It's one of those Arsenio Hall moments make you say, hmm. Right? It, it ought to make you wonder that when a brother say, hey, live, live life with me. And you say, I'm good. It ought to make you wonder. It ought to make you wonder. If you don't want to be around, and if you don't want fellowship, thank you. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Because, see, fellowship is our badge of discipleship, right? That love, that love is what, what, what brings us together. And that fellowship shows what kind of love we have. And, and if you don't want to be around love, that's the test. That's the test. You, you don't want to be around me? You don't want to, like, chill with me? You don't want to talk with me? You don't want to, like, live life with me? I mean, I mean what, what conclusion can we draw? Because, see, if we are in the light and you don't want to be around light, well, the other thing it says is that <laughs> the only other option is darkness, by the way. So, so those, if you, if you like the darkness, then is it because light exposes and you just don't want it to be seen? I mean, why you don't want none of my fellowship? And then, you know, why when brothers and sisters call and say, hey, you want to grab a bite or you want to grab a bite to eat or you want to do this and that and I'm, nah, I'm good. Or this is, man, this him again. And they're trying to have some fellowship. They're trying to live life. They're saying, I need you. You need me. We're part of, right? I need you to survive. That's what it's saying. But you're not answering my call. You're not responding to invitations. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. 
That's the test. And we'll park it right there for now. And we'll continue this next week. But the, the call goes out. Examine yourself. How do you look in the mirror of, in the mirror of God's word? How do you look? Don't, 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 don't put that word on me. Now make this thing about you and him. Get this right so that this can be right. Right? So how, how do you look? And if you're looking kind of like dented up and, and messed up right now, good. 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 Because what an opportunity right now to start getting it right. Don't let this moment pass you by. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Because, because this is, this is, this is the most important question with eternal implications. What will you do with Jesus? I pray that you will serve him, that, you, that he will be your Lord and your Savior. Your Savior and your Lord. Right? Savior means he's in Savior. Lord means that he controls your life. <laughs> he controls your life. There'll be elders before you today in the church after dismissal to, to, to consider this important question. Don't leave here without it. And right now, I believe we're going to have communion. Amen. God bless you.